0: We have some very dynamic um, men and women, especially some, some very dynamic women who have become agents as single moms. They, they, they're heading up offices, they're you know going foreign with their kids, giving them the best opportunities. <laughs>
1: listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African-Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now what's going on black and blue fan? welcome once again to the black and blue podcast where we celebrate diversity in u.s law enforcement my name is dale and i'm the host thank you for showing up and showing out i really do appreciate the love and support let's keep that love train going by clicking those like subscribe and bell icons right down here on my youtube channel or rate the black and blue podcast five stars on your favorite podcast platform Also, make sure you check me out on any one of my social media pages for even more content. You can find me everywhere at Black and Blue U.S. All right, y'all. So my guest today is an executive with the agency that heads up our country's drug war. Black and Blue fam helped me give an emphatic and enthusiastic welcome to DEA Special Agent Regina Patterson King. How you doing?
0: I am great. How are you?
1: I'm excellent. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Well, morning for me out here in California. What what time is it out there? It's still morning. Oh, it's still okay. Great. (laughs) great.
0: It's 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 noon. It's noon here in Kansas. Right.
1: All right. All right. Well, well, thank you for coming on to the show. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. So like I said there in the monologue there, you are a special agent, uh, with the, I, I only said the agency that heads up our country's, uh, war on drugs. I don't know if that term is still appropriate today, but, uh, tell everybody a little bit, uh, about where you work and, uh, what you do there.
0: Okay. Well, I am the assistant special agent in charge for the drug enforcement administration. I'm responsible for the entire drug enforcement operations in the state of Kansas I am the first African American female or male to hold the role, or I should say, minority to hold the position. Um, I've been here since um, May of 2020, and it's been an awesome experience. I have um, 23 years with the Drug Enforcement Administration, so I'm looking at retirement here shortly, um, which right. I'm excited about.
1: Yes, yeah, yes, so yes! I loved it. Did, it's been did an you awesome start? Ride. To- Did you start with the DEA as in your career in law enforcement?
0: Well, I actually, I was a Dallas police officer. I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, and I was a Dallas police officer prior to coming to DEA. I joined DEA in 1999 and my first assignment was in Los Angeles, California, where I was there as a special agent for a little, (laughs) a little over, a little under six years before I got the opportunity to go foreign. And I was stationed in Bridgetown, Barbados out in the um, Eastern Caribbean when I was there for five years. And then I got the opportunity to be promoted to a group supervisor. And I went to San Juan, Puerto Rico and I was there for seven years. I did um, supervisory uh, role there, um, running enforcement groups. I had our airport group, I had our HIDA group and our special support unit group. And then I did my headquarters assignment there, having the the first position there from our um, special operations division as a staff coordinator. Basically, I was responsible for coordinating um, international operations um, connected to Puerto Rico around the world. So that was my headquarters. And then I had another opportunity to get promoted again. (laughs) And I thought I was going to avoid our headquarters, which is in um, Arlington, Virginia, and stay in Puerto Rico and never have to leave. But the opportunity came for me to get promoted to an assistant special agent in charge. And so I went to our headquarters and I was the first, I was the deputy section chief for our operations, um, global operations covering our Mexico section. And then I was promoted or or I should say promoted, but became a, a lateral, but a higher position because then I had another 15 under me as the section chief for our Latin and Caribbean section. Um, and then I became our Executive Assistant for the Deputy um, Administrator for Operations Management, which was responsible for the, all of the budget for DEA, um, our CS programs, our, our, um, our database systems, everything mm-hmm. is under Operations Management. So I was Executive Assistant for there before um, coming to DEA. So I spent three years at headquarters, and now I'm in Virginia, excuse me, in Kansas, yeah. um, where I'm almost at three years here. So,
1: all right. All right. So it sounds like you've been, you've been almost all, all over the world and, uh, you know, lots of traveling, you know, there with, uh, you know, and, and that's one of the hallmarks of, you know, federal service is that, uh, you know, if you do want to move up, you do have to move around, right?
0: That is correct. That is correct. One of the, the things, if you, if you want to upward uh, mobility, you have to be willing to, to move about, yeah. So uh, actually, when you become an agent, you sign what's called a mobility agreement, where you basically are, um, are a prop, pr- pr- have the possibility of being sent anywhere DEA needs you for the good of the agency. Yep. But they don't do that so much. It's really based on promotion. And if you want to promote, right, right, apply for
1: I kind of took a uh, different route than you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off yeah. with federal service and, uh, and went backwards into local law enforcement, okay. Uh, because of that, a uh, lot of that travel, uh, worked with an agency. I'm sure you, you've worked with a lot, uh, IRS CI.
0: Ah, yes. Uh-huh. Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I so have. I did that for about five years out here in LA and, you know, starting to see that, you know, people are having to move around if they want to do something and, you know, the family didn't really want to move around and that's, uh, probably a big stressor in, in a lot of families. How, how did your family take that?
0: well i'm the the middle child of three girls and i've always kind of been very independent so once i graduated from high school and went off to college i kind of never turned back (laughs) um so i my family was like go for it go for it go for it so my family's been very supportive in um and me having to move about because one thing about me moving they get to go wherever i i've had to i've traveled so like they they were able to come to barbados and they came to la and to um puerto rico so they've enjoyed every tour i've had
1: <laughs> yeah yeah what, what's what is the family life for you i know uh, you, you mentioned a husband earlier
0: yes well i have a souvenir from barbados <laughs> cuz my husband is actually from barbados All when right. i went there, i was single and my girlfriends, you know, they were like, "Oh, you're gonna be like Stella. You're gonna go to Barbados and you're gonna find your husband." I was like, "Nope, <laughs> I'm going to work and I'm gonna um, do my cases and I'm gonna come out promoted." That was my my goal to go there, get the experience, and come out promoted. I was not looking for a husband. I actually thought I would never get married because of my career. And um, sometimes men been a little intimidated by that. But um, yeah, I went. To Barbados and met my husband at church actually so
1: okay congratulations <laughs>
0: yeah we've been married for 14 years
1: all right all right and uh, so he's what, what do they call native people from Barbados Barbadian what are they, Bar-ba- what are they
0: Barbadian called? or Bajan they call themselves Bajan but Barbadian is the official term yes
1: all right and he's had the opportunity to go to other places with you as well
0: yes yes he's yeah. he's enjoyed a lot of the travel yeah because we went, went from barbados because we were only married a year when we went to puerto rico so we spent the seven years in puerto rico um, together and it was just us ride or die you know there you go um so we don't have any kids we we have um three three in heaven but god it didn't see fit for us to have kids but it's okay because like i say it's afforded me to when we need to go we get up and go um So it's, it's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, as a DEA agent, you know, you, you can go around the world. What is the role of a DEA agent in a foreign country? Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know really that, uh, you know, or maybe they do know if you don't, there's a little education here, Puerto Rico is part of the United States. So you do have jurisdiction there, but when you're in Barbados or anywhere else, how, how does that work?
0: Yes, well, when we're in foreign countries, we're more in a liaison role. So basically we are responsible for assisting the host country with working investigations. We're basically the conduit to connect that foreign to the domestic investigations, but we are strictly there. We don't have arrest authority and anything that we do in that country enforcement wise, we have to have the permission of the ambassador or the, um, the chief of missions uh, there to be able to do like enforcement action but basically it's just working alongside with the, the law enforcement counterparts in those countries to help them in doing their investigations and um like i say connecting them to our u.s investigations and bringing those individuals that are involved in drug trafficking from the distribution man, uh, manufacturing transportation our facilitation arm of it to justice and that can be justice in the u.s or in that foreign country, if they have the capabilities and the laws to do so. Because we're basically just there to, to kind of help them um, maintain control of their country. Because sometimes in these smaller countries, drug traffickers would come in and offer some things and them not necessarily being aware of who the person is that's offering you this, this, this service or this resource for your country is a drug trafficker. So we kind of you know educate them to those things. It's a lot of money laundering um stuff that we look at um into on the foreign arenas so yeah it's yeah. it's pretty cool though it's pretty yeah cool.
1: yeah yeah one of my buddies that's still at the irs um mm-hmm. he's been to a lot of countries and and he did a stint in mexico mexico city mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the stories he tells me about that is is just crazy he's he's pretty high up there i think he's an asac or assistant special agent charge out in florida mm-hmm. now um so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk off air about him maybe you may you may know him or not, but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just pretty wild, especially, you know, in those countries like Mexico and and, and South America, Central America, where it's so prevalent, uh, not, not to say that it doesn't happen in, in Europe and, you know, in Asia as well.
0: Yeah, it's all over. It's all over. Yeah. That's why it's, well, a lot of people don't know that DEA actually has the, the biggest, um, federal footprint in the foreign arenas. We our footprint is actually bigger than the CIA. <laughs> in foreign arenas. So yeah. yeah. How how large is the difference. Well, we have um I the last time I was doing a um a presentation, I think where we had like over um 10, 000 employees, and that includes our from our agents to um diversion investigators, intelligence research specialists, our chemists, um, and then the the I say the foundation of our organization, which is our our code, which is our administrative staff people so
1: yeah yeah okay yeah yeah so yeah it's an interesting career i i give props to anyone who does you know 20 plus in that arena i've worked you know task forces dea task forces out here on the local level and you know and and you know i did my three to five years and then you know i went out and (laughs) moved on but you know to be able to do that for 20 plus years that that's got to be uh pretty uh (laughs) stressful right
0: yeah, it's interesting that you said you worked for IRS because my um, my first assignment in LA, I partnered up with an IRS agent. He was in my group because I was in a task force group, and he was in my group, and um, we worked some very good cases together. We actually did a, um, a case um, targeting um, um, Mexi- excuse me Pakistani heroin traffickers, and they wow. were dealing in like hawalas and stuff. So yeah, it was it was a it was a very good case
1: dealing with koalas what Hawala's. <laughs> Hawala's
0: <laughs> is, is like a a money laundering system that a lot of the the um western countries are say pakistani um countries use where they have like books that there's no actually like no money that's moved but say if i'm here in you're in la and um you want to pay someone that's in pakistan they'll they'll go to their hawala and say we We have ten thousand dollars that's for um Dale here, and they put it on their books and give it to you over there. so it's like a an exchange system, but no money actually moves. They just keep it on the books and it's um it's their form of uh, moving money, shall I say
1: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. real interesting cases, real interesting cases there, yeah. but uh you know you also have the uh you know the typical uh street level stuff that's going on as well what, what's one of the big ones um that's out there now and you know i i know these answers are just for the viewers what's uh what's the big one that you guys are combating now
0: yeah well, well right now especially in uh, well all over the u.s um uh, we have the fake pills that are out there that are laced with uh, fentanyl that is that is a scary drug um the fentanyl because we're seeing it in uh, basically mixed in everything we've seen it in mixed with meth we've seen it with with cocaine with heroin we've even um had some samplings of it in marijuana not necessarily because they're lacing the marijuana but because most of these drug traffickers are poly drug um distributors and so they may lay out on the table there to process their meth and combining that with fentanyl and that residue is still there then they lay out the marijuana and package that and so it's getting all um, contaminated. And for the fentanyl, it's so bad because only two milligrams of fentanyl can kill you, yes. which that's enough to fit like on a, a tip of a pencil. And when you think about the days of experimenting with drugs, those days are pretty much gone because the one time that you decide to experiment with the, even the fake pills that you think, you know, like high school, mean, um, college students and some um, kids, students have for mean like Adderall and they are going to try their friends Adderall. Those could be fake and that could be the one time that you lose your life, you know, just trying to experiment. So those days yeah. are over and the drug traffickers are specifically targeting our young people, you know, right now nowadays if a, if a kid has a smartphone, they have direct access to a drug trafficker because they're 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 soliciting them, you know, they're making the 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 pills to look like candy and you know it's more attractive yeah. and they're the, the things that they're doing even with the emojis that they use specifically to targeting kids on like Chapsat and and twitter and things of that nature but right now that the, those fake pills are really really dangerous because right. the, it's, it's not it's not as much stigma with the pills as it is with like a, a cocaine or heroin or a meth
1: yeah, but that's what I was going to ask you. What's, what's the yeah? What's the allure to fentanyl? Is it uh? It, it, what kind of high first of all do they get, and is it like cheaper to make or what? What's the allure to it? All,
0: all of that. <laughs> the high, the high is extreme. extremely addictive. Just to give you context, fentanyl is used in, in a hospital setting for major surgery as a, a painkiller or anesthetic. It's used for um, cancer patients as like a, uh, in the life medicine, just to give them comfort. So it's a, it's a medicine that removes pain in your body. Um, but in those settings, they're used in microgram amounts. So when you're talking about now these drug traffickers are saying, we're going to make these fake pills, or we're going to put, put it in our meth or in our cocaine, there's no regulation of it. You know, um, it's like making a batch of cookies, for example. If you you have your batch of cookies and you you, you have your dough already, and you you put your your um, chocolate chips in there and you stir it up, you put your cookies in the oven and you take them out, and then you get one and it only it has like only three chocolate chips in, and you're like, oh man, or you get one that has a whole bunch. That's kind of the same mm-hmm. thing with mm-hmm. these these drug traffickers and stuff. And it only takes a little amount, so the the profit margin them to, to use fentanyl in their, their um in their drugs and these illicit drugs is it's very profitable. I mean very profitable and they don't really care who it's killing, you know, because one thing about individuals that are addicted to drugs, it is a how do I say, uh I feel like it's a um I've lost my words. Like um it's a it's a medical issue, you know, because they are yes, addicted yes. and it's hard for you or to get off of it, right? And so they're conti- continuously trying to chase their first high and, they're, and it's never, you're never gonna get the first the feeling you felt the first time you tried a particular drug, you will never get that, but they're chasing that. And so it's weird, but because they're, they're under this addiction that when they're like craving these, these, these drugs, they're basically, their body is telling them, we don't care about that it could kill us, we just need to get high. We just need to bring down whatever discomfort my body's experiencing now from the withdrawals to be able to get the, the next um, fix. Right. So it's, 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 it's crazy. And we, fi- we find that when we have a, a, like a, a situation where a people are overdosing on a particular thing, those who are addicted will go towards that because they know that high is super, it's a super high because if it take you to almost death or to death, that's the one they want. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. But. It,
1: yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. it, the, the human mind, the human scary. mind there. Yeah. 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 And that, that's something we see at least out here. I don't know. Is, is it such a, 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 an epidemic out in Kansas and, in middle America as it is out here on the coast, like in LA and in New York?
0: It has hit us seriously. Um, last year, I want to say, I think that count, we had just over 600 deaths last year overdose um deaths from um, fentanyl related opioids basically
1: wow wow yeah, it's, yeah. it's
0: everywhere there's there's no state in the u.s that's immune to it
1: no no not at all None. not at all and you know in my agency we deal with it i don't know ods you know, five times a day a day mm-hmm. and and we all we all carry the the uh, the medicine to to help them, you know, the break Narcan. out of it, and, yep, the Narcan, mm-hmm. and you know, now they're they're putting it in schools. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so they it's... are.
0: And Nar- Narcan is very good, and it does save lives. But I also want to make sure people don't under- understand that Narcan is not an end all be all because no. sometimes we've had we've talked to paramedics who said they had to administer like six Narcans <laughs> to a to an individual to bring them back, and some they bring back, and some they, they can't. So. Yes. you just have to yeah, the, yeah it, the, I think the best solution for it is just don't, don't, don't do it. And I know that's right. easier said than done um, for a person, for a person that's never tried it. He the warning for a person that's addicted now is just trying to find some place to get, to get help, to get, yes. be able to get off of it because you could potentially lose your life at this point.
1: Absolutely. So h- how does DEA um, approach things like fentanyl, and you know, a few years ago, the opioid epidemic that we had, mm-hmm. what is you guys' role you know, on a local level? Of, how, how do you guys approach that?
0: Cracking down, cracking down, working with our counterparts right now in the state of Kansas specifically, which Kansas is a, a, one of 11 different um, um, divisions that were selected to be a part of our Op Engage, which is where we are going out into the community and actively um partnering with the community to get the word out for education and prevention working with um prevention organizations um substance abuse um, our mental health professionals our local law enforcement and other nonprofit organizations and leaders in the community to say how can we come around you because there's no we can't arrest our way out of this situation it's about educating the public and letting them know the dangers and giving the resources to the community to also Empower their community to 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 rid their community of it, you know. Yeah. So that's what we're doing, and we've been doing town hall meetings, and going into schools, and um having different types of events uh, here to just to get the word out. So basically, we're we've been doing a call to action to have the conversation for parents to have a conversation because the the person that's saying "not my child," yes, that'll be the person. so you never say never say not my child because you don't know what's going on um like i say because it's so accessible through the 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 the, these apps on the phone and stuff right literally you can have that stuff delivered to your front door yeah so unfortunately
1: vigilant yep yep yep. parents have to be vigilant and and get that information through all those those conduits Mm -hmm. that you just mentioned so yeah they got to stay on top of it and uh, you know, that's, you know, that's one of the, the things that even in school you can get. So, you know, you got to, yeah. you got to stay on top of that. Yep. Correct. Correct. So you mentioned earlier that uh, you were one of the first minorities in your post as an uh, assistant special mm-hmm. agent in charge or ASAC. Um, mm-hmm. What's, what's the, like the minority makeup of DEA and, and is there like a push for, for more agents of, of color?
0: Correct. There, there are. Um, our, I think we're still less than 10% (laughs) right now, as far as in the agent pool for females is even less, but we are specifically targeting and wanting to see more um, minorities enter the field. And I do a lot of recruiting and specifically for like um, minority women. And I know most of the women that I um, come in contact with, I ask them, do you have a degree? Yes. Okay, you're, you're a local police officer. Yes. So have you thought about going federal? And a lot of them don't want that move. Like you said, you, you went from federal back to local because you didn't want that move. But I, I, I would just challenge them because we've, we have some very dynamic um, men and women, especially some, some very dynamic women who have become agents as single moms they they they're heading up offices they're you know going foreign with their kids yes. giving them the best opportunities because that's yes. one thing i didn't mention when you go foreign um your kids go to diplomatic schools these are schools that colleges want your student because oh your child was a diplomat yes we will, we want them at our school you know wow. yeah. so they they get the best education and everything is paid for when you go foreign you don't have to pay for anything other than your stuff to have fun <laughs> You know, your housing's paid for, your utilities are paid for, everything's paid for, and your kids get schooling paid for. So, but I try to encourage um, people of um, minorities to come into to DEA, not just because we need them, but we we want to be have a diverse of diversity at the table, shall I say? Yes. If the if 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 we're not at the table, we don't have a say. So, um, my thing is always get and get in the room if you're complaining about something even at a local police department if i tell you if you're complaining about your local police department well then you go and join that local police department to be That's, the difference you know and right to there. regulate and to see what's going on you know and and call people on the carpet when they're doing stuff out of line you know but if yep. we're not if we're not there if we're not in the room if we're not at the table then we don't have a say you know yes. so i and i say i have i would i don't regret anything about joining DEA. I really don't. And it's not and it hasn't been without some struggles and running across some people that probably shouldn't be part of DEA. Um but for me I've always said I'm never gonna back down from it. I always call it and see it as it is, you know, <laughs> and put people on notice that I see. So I need you to <laughs> do better, right? To do better. Uh-uh. Do better.
1: Yep. Do yep. better.
0: Exactly. Give people so- give everyone a level playing field
1: exactly so what's the the path um or the or the or the the way to become a dea agent Uh, what's the training what's the process like to become an agent
0: well one good thing about dea is they will train you (laughs) to be an agent so you really don't have to have like a degree in criminal justice or a law enforcement background because they will basically train you but you have to have um you have to be at least 21. me personally think 21 is a little too young to join DEA because of the things that we see and the things that you come in contact with you. I believe you also have to have character. And at 21, I don't know if you've developed enough character yet. That's why I always, now, um, now to I say recommend and, and, that people go to,
1: yeah, excuse me real quick, but, uh, in the uh-huh. same in in, 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 police work as well, A minimum age is mm-hmm. usually 21, but how many do you mm-hmm. actually see getting hired at 21 because of the life experience? Um, they, they don't have at that, at that age.
0: Well, we, we do have, we do have some, we do have some that come in. Right, we've had I have like a friend of mine; um, she came in. They recruited her right out of college um, to come into DEA. So she came in at 21. Um, one of one of my classmates turned 21 at the academy. So, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So um, it does happen, but usually when the people come in like that, they have some some skill sets that DEA desires. They have like some language um, skills or just something special um, that DEA is looking for. So it kind of gives them a bump up. Um, and if you're military, military gets a, a bump up for the veteran's preference. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's yep. but basically you, you'll apply, you can go to dea.gov, um, go to careers. And I think it'll kick you over to USA, um, USA jobs and then you will fill out the application and, or you can call the best way actually is to call the local, reach out to your local DEA office and talk to the recruiter who can actually walk you through the process of doing the online stuff um, yeah. and make sure they, they tracking for you in the system. Cause sometimes when you're just dealing with the online, people get lost. Yes. Um, but yeah, but then you go through, it usually takes about a year for the process because they do the background, the PT, the polygraph um the psychological um you do the uh i know i'm missing some stuff psychological background polygraph, medical medical the medical yes medical um i think that's Inter- it. the longest interviews long of, course. Part of, interviews, that, of no, course the interview the panel interviews and stuff like that the 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 thing that hurts a lot of people oh in firearms uh, that you will have to go through for um, to become an agent but the 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 thing that hurts people in the application process is the the pt because you have to pass the pt that's the only test you get in the they give you the answers they tell you what to do how to do it and so you can you can give make your so you can give your own score because they give you the answers um, but once you get, get to the academy stuff, it's just, they, they will literally teach you everything you need to know, defensive tactics. If you've never shot a gun before, that's perfect. Cause they'll teach you, um, how to shoot, um, everything from uh, the laws that we enforce, which is the title 21, um, USC laws, um, everything. Cause we had yeah. two people in my class that were bankers, teachers. One girl was, a, um, a aerobics instructor. It's her, I saw her, her job before coming. So, to so she was great so, on
1: the PT portion, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: she, yeah, she, she was <laughs> yeah. on the PT portion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now, it, they'll, they'll they'll teach you everything you need to know. And one thing that I love about DEA, and we're the, one of the only agents because we have single mission focus, which is to enforce the control substance laws of the United States. We do our investigations from start to finish, and every agent is taught the same thing. So that means when you get your first target information and you work that case up, you work it all the way up to you see that person prosecuted and you go before a judge um, and your United States attorney who's sitting alongside of you, who's prosecuting your case, you get to sit at the table with them, you know. So that's what I love. It's not compartmentalized like some of the other agencies where you may be sitting on surveillance on somebody else's case and like, why am I doing this? from for with dea you know step by step what this case is about and why you're doing it and you can take your cases from beginning to end and that's now, been great because you
1: now is that because you have specialized surveillance groups that do the surveillance for you or because you, no, you we get we do out everything here and,
0: okay you do we do everything right. when i was saying other agencies for example like the fbi i mean you may be on a surveillance team and that's all you do is surveillance uh, okay, you don't know yeah, why you're okay. sitting on there you're just right, sitting right. out there on somebody else's deal but for us we get when you're in your group your group goes out and say okay today we're going to work on regina's investigation and we're going to go out and do surveillance over here or today we're going to work on joe's investigation and we're going to go and um do an arrest so your your your, your group yeah. supports you in your investigations but you see it from beginning to end and you know what your your group's doing because in dea you never do anything by yourself if you're doing something right. by yourself you're wrong <laughs> yeah. you don't you always want accountability um so you're always partnered up and, and yeah, and it's, it's a family. It really is. Yeah. It really yeah.
1: Is. So, uh, in, in today's day and age where recruiting law enforcement is, has been a challenge, maybe not s- as much on a federal level, but still there's some challenges there. How do you guys at DEA stand out as opposed to, you know, I mean, you know, you'll, you'll always have those people that, you know, shoot out apps everywhere, you know, IRS, um, Secret Service, FBI, you know, and then the first one that calls is, you know, is the one that they go to, but how do you mm-hmm. guys, um, cater to people that actually want to be DEA agents and, and, and set you guys apart from those other agencies?
0: Well, we, well, our main thing is, like I say, our process is about a year to get hired and you know based on if you've lived in multiple places or not but our thing is we pride ourselves in actually trying to stay in contact with the individual to keep them in the know as far as what you're doing where you are in the process so you don't feel like i'm just waiting but i haven't heard from them no we try to make sure that you're you're in constant contact with your recruiter and knowing where you are in the process and you have the ability to also reach out to your recruiter and say hey where am i if you don't hear from your recruiter um but Really, it's 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 hard because it's exactly what you say. People whoever calls first, they'll jump on. But I say to be a DEA agent, you really have to have a passion for it, and I think that's what sets it apart. You either you either love our mission or you don't. <laughs> you know, because like I say, we have one mission, and that is to disrupt, destroy, dismantle drug trafficking organizations, and to protect our our borders. Um, so yes.
1: that's
0: that, that's that's you know for me. I joined DEA because um, my father um, became addicted to crack cocaine and his siblings. And I saw my middle-class neighborhood growing up completely demolished when crack hit. And I said, I wanna put drug traffickers in jail. I wanna protect my community. And so that's why I went to DEA. I wanted to make that difference.
1: Wow, yep. And and that's the personal side of it as well. Uh, yeah, not yeah. Not a lot of agencies can have that personal side of mission. Uh, you know, maybe FBI. Uh, uh, certainly not IRS, unless I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 we won't get. We won't get into that. <laughs> this isn't a political <laughs> show. <then. laughs> All right. So well,
0: I'll tell you when I was when I was um when I didn't tell people what I did for a living um because i was you know doing undercover and things of that nature i would always tell people if they asked me what what i did for a living i would say i was an irs agent and no one would ever oh, ask no. me any other questions
1: yeah yep yep
0: <laughs> i work i would say i say i say i work for irs they were like oh okay
1: yeah not you to say
0: i irs it's just that no, nobody no. wanted they didn't you know when i went
1: when i it. went through the academy we uh yeah obviously they go to a different academy than than you guys mm-hmm. you, you guys go through fbis or you have your own now or
0: we have our own, we're at Quantico, but we have our own facility.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're in so, uh, we went through uh FLETSI, the federal law enforcement, uh, training center in Georgia. And what they do is, uh, uh, at the first half of that training, they, they pair you up with other, other agencies and just half of my other, uh, half of that class in my class was ATF. So, you know, you okay. got IRS and ATF. I mean, just, just those three, you know, <laughs> Those three, uh, those two, three letter agencies is, you know, is enough to cause mm-hmm. a, <laughs> a political firestorm right there. We, we would always joke about that. Th- those are words that you don't want to hear coming to your house, IRS agent or FTF agent.
0: I said, there's two things I don't play with the IRS and God.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. True that. True that. <laughs> true that. True that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you, you did say, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that you can do at DEA. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you run down some of those things that you can do at DEA to kind of give people uh, uh, an idea of what their career would be like?
0: Okay. Well, on the special agent side of the house, you have, once you, you've done four to five years in DEA, you can start to specialize. And that specialization can look like we have um, agents who become pilots. Who become polygraphers? Are they the ones that in, administer our polygraph exams? Uh, you could become a recruiter. <laughs> you yeah. could um, you could go into um, training where you go to the academy and teach at the academy. You can be a firearms instructor. I mean, there's a, a gamut of things that you can specialize in. You can go into tech, which you're responsible for doing all our covert covert stuff. Um, you can go into a, our specialized um, tactical diversion squads, which those are our, um, our branches of our diversion investigation, our diversion unit, which diversion team, those investigators, they're not gun toters. They're responsible for the regulations of anybody basically with a DEA registration number. That means a pharmaceutical company, doctor's offices, nurses, anybody that can write a prescription or has oversight over the production of um, of, of Controls, um scheduled drugs, they regulate those. So they do like the audits and all of those of the individuals for that. And our TDS squad comes alongside of them and they do like the, the enforcement branch. If they have to go into a doctor's office and, and do a search warrant or something, they support them in those efforts um, with that. So it's a lot of things that you can specialize yeah. in and get um, credit. We, we have our own EMTs, we have our own clan lab people. That are certified in doing clan lab stuff. So yeah, you can get you can walk away from DEA with a lot of certifications let, and let, training. Let, let's let, let's be,
1: clarify. Let's clarify what a clan lab is. Clandestine, oh, right?
0: A clandestine lab, like yes. in, you know, <laughs> when we when when meth, which is still there, but the meth has transitioned to more production in Mexico now versus when it was in local to the when we had all these meth labs that was. Yeah. happening in the u.s which actually kansas was the biggest meth lab producer back in the day but now oh, really? it's coming from from mexico yeah they had a bunch of labs out here um but so we would have our our clan lab unit come in to basically process the scene because you have chemicals you know they'd come in and with the hazmat gear on and stuff mm-hmm. and go in and basically process the scene and, and clean up the the chemicals and stuff and process it for evidence so that was our clan lab group and there was just people that are have special training to do that type of um um decontamination of a, of a, of a scene or a location yeah
1: you guys have dogs
0: we do not and oh, okay. because the dea says we don't we have we don't have dogs that are assigned to dea agents because DEA agents are so mobile you know and you you can't True. take you can't take your dog with you um so usually when we when we have canines that are working with us is usually on a t- from a t- task force officer a task force officer is a local police officer who comes in and works at an, in a dea group with us alongside of us and they come with their um, canine dogs that's usually how we have access to dogs but dea agents themselves we do not have a K nine unit right no. right
1: and there's yeah. a special operations or like a swat team component as well
0: yes our, our uh yes our um our srt teams which are, um, they are the equivalent of our squad. Basically if we have an arrest that we know as a target as, a, as extremely violent, they'll go in and they'll execute the search warrant for us so that the agents don't because they have specialized, um, training above and beyond what a normal agent would get for, um, situations. So
1: now are they national or is that, uh, each field office has, has a team?
0: Each, each, each field division has their own, um, SRT teams.
1: Excellent, excellent. All right, all right. Yeah. See, we got all this information out here for anybody that wants to be. Uh, oh, and a, a special, DEA agent.
0: special, um, special, um, tactical response team. I was saying the acronym. I have to be careful when you are saying acronyms and <laughs> people don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Special tactical response team. Got yeah.
1: it. Got it. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The feds and the uh, and the acronyms. Yes. Got, 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 got to stay on top we, of that. We
0: don't have as many as the military, though. But
1: <laughs> No, no, definitely not as many as the military. Th- do you guys do uh, any operations with the military?
0: Um, foreign, we do. We do. We have interaction a lot foreign, not right. so much domestically. Well, because um, they're not able to
1: operate domestically. The military's not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we, we yeah. have foreign, yes, not so much.
1: Yeah. All right. All right so uh what's uh what's kind of a a rewarding part of your job as an assistant special agent in charge not necessarily just as a special agent but as an asac
0: well for for me um what's been rewarding is when i go out to a school um, and i see um, little girls and little boys that look like me and i tell them what i do and they're like (laughs) and they get excited about it letting them know that they can do anything they put their mind to there is no limits to what they can do and achieve so
1: yeah yeah and on the flip side that that. gives me
0: joy when i was an agent it gave me joy every time i i took drugs off the street um and that still gives me pleasure but i don't necessarily i'm not the one that's taking out i'm equipping the people to go out and take it off the street when i say equipping equipping agents equipping our um to make sure that they have the gear the resources the financing the partnerships they need to be able to do their investigations so that's what's the administrative excellent. part of my job ben, yeah
1: excellent brings, yeah. excellent yep you don't you don't go out into the field as much anymore
0: <sighs> no and i still so <laughs> miss it <laughs> yeah so well yeah well, i don't you're, you're i don't, I don't get the, the joy there. of going out I don't, yeah, I don't get to go enjoy going. I live vicariously through my supervisors, um, who they live through their, their agents and their, their people that, um, they're responsible for. So
1: yeah, yeah,
0: but I try to connect with them. I'm like, tell me some stories, what's going on? Yeah.
1: Yeah. They are like, of, boss, kinda,
0: I was like, yeah, I want to know what's going on. Tell me. yeah, kind of know. like our,
1: our commanders and all that, you know, our admin, you know, that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. So, on the flip side of that, what's kind of the more challenging part of your job? I, I'm sure it would be that you don't get to get out every now and then, but uh, what's the more challenging part of your job as an ASAC?
0: Um, I would say that a challenging, again, you know, transitioning from being in that, the field agent to the, the administrative, um, having the administrative responsibilities is kind of a challenge, especially when you're used to running and gunning. But for me, sometimes it can be a challenge just. Um, bringing the right people to the table to um, do collaborative efforts within our law enforcement, um, within the law enforcement community. Uh, yeah, just gaining the trust is, can be a challenge sometimes of our, our local law enforcement, because some, you know, based on what area you are, there have been situations where uh, previous, may have, maybe a previous DEA agent um, came in and stole someone's case. And I'm telling them, no, we're not about doing that. I'm about how can we work together to put drug traffickers in jail? I'm not yes. about taking your, your, your case. I'm saying, how can we come alongside and help, you know, with this person that's this major violent offender that's in your, your community? How can we help? You know, I don't care yeah. if they get arrested state or federal. I just want them in jail. So, but that's sometimes a challenge, just um, developing the confidence um, of your, your counterparts and trust. All right.
1: All right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Loved it. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, ASAC Patterson King, I appreciate uh, you coming on to the show and, and giving us really, really uh, good information about the DEA. That's, that's really for anybody that's interested in applying. Before
0: before you let me go though, I also want to let people know that there are also other positions within DEA. The agents is not the only thing. We also have our, um, intelligence research specialists, which they are, they're responsible for connecting the dots. I call them like the paralegals to the lawyers. They're the ones that do all the research, they're looking at the high level and bringing it back down, connecting the dots to tra- drug trafficking organizations so that we're able to do conspiracy investigations. Uh, we have our, our diversion investigation I spoke of earlier. We have chemists, we have lawyers, uh, we have statisticians, we have everything you could imagine within DEA we have. so. I know people always think of the agents, but there are other opportunities for advancement in DEA, in our um, administrative side of the house, as well as version and Intel um, components, so.
1: Yes, and they're they're just as important, just as important as the agents. Yes, they are, yes. Absolutely, all right, all right. Um, You thought I was gonna let you go, but uh, as I mentioned Uh before we came on, (laughs) that you are not done yet. I got a little game for you, so let's uh, get this started here. This is Black
0: or Blue, Black or Blue. Black or blue, black or blue, black or blue, black or
1: blue. All right, so this is my game today, and the uh, black or blue game And your category today is, look, Ma, I'm on TV. I am going <laughs> <Okay>. to, <laughs> I am going to uh, give you a name of a person, and you just tell me, and you got three choices here. Uh, these are TV characters. Are they either black, say, like, just a black character on TV, are they blue okay. are they a, a law enforcement character on tv who's who's not black or are they black okay. and blue like you or i they're on tv and they're a black cop on tv so you got black blue or black oh and blue. God. yeah so
0: okay. you, you'll get the
1: hang of it you'll get the hang of it all right
0: i hope you're gonna give me a picture no no, well, no pictures be maybe,
1: cheating. Not, maybe not maybe, here's your first one here character number one thelma evans thelma evans she is black yes oh wrong one there yes she is black <laughs> you remember thelma from good times
0: yes
1: yeah, from good times oh yeah <laughs> all right first one there off to a great start how about um how about olivia benson olivia. she would be blue she would be blue yes everyone knows Long Olivia benson from law and order svu <laughs> yeah. yep all right, two for two. All right, let's see if we can trip That's you up here. One of my favorite shows. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. How about uh, Stacy Sheridan? Stacy Sheridan.
0: Come
1: on. Come on. Yeah, just throws up at the wall. Take take a guess.
0: I'll go um, black and blue since I haven't said that yet.
1: uh Unfortunately, oh. no. She oh. is. You remember oh, T.J. Hooker? T.J. Hooker. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. That was uh, Heather Locklear.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. All oh right.
1: man. We, we got we got one on you. How about your next one here? How about uh, Judy Hoffs? I'm sure you remember this show. You may not remember the name, but you remember the show, Judy Hoffs. I'll give you a hint. She is currently. What, what was that?
0: She's she's currently
1: she's currently married to a former football player the actress great black 80s and black and blue yes <laughs> yes remember uh yeah, from 21 jump street
0: uh-huh
1: yeah, yep she is married to um uh he's out here now 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 you stump me now <laughs> football player. <laughs> went to usc all right your next one here you're d- still doing pretty good here how about anita van buren
0: Know that name. You, know name you do know oh, this
1: name you do know she's black and blue she is black and blue yes
0: <laughs> yes law and order yes. i was like i know that name
1: yeah, lieutenant van buren from uh, law and order still doing it pretty good here how about uh olivia pope she's a lawyer from scandal that's yes, she is that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, how she about was a lawyer.
0: She's like I don't know what her role was. Right,
1: right. She was the the cleaner. It was I a cleaner opera. Yeah. <laughs> how about the Vanessa Tompkins? Vanessa Tompkins. Vanessa
0: Tompkins. I'm about on that sh-
1: one. Like- how about on the show, Nessa? Nessa on the show. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Take a stab at it. Vanessa. White, what was that? Black, blue, or White? black and blue? Black,
0: oh, uh, that... blue.
1: Uh, blue. that is incorrect. Oh. 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 remember Nessa from uh, the Bernie Mac show.
0: Ah, oh, I didn't watch
1: that show. <laughs> oh, you didn't? Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you were probably in Barbados. I like Bernie time, Mac,
0: so. but I never watched a bad, um, Yeah, Burn, yeah, I was in <laughs> Barbados.
1: Yeah, all right. How about the uh, Mary Jane Paul?
0: Oh, that's black. Yes, she is black,
1: yes. Played by Gabriel Union. Gabriel <laughs> Union. Yep. I don't know if you've started to notice a a trend here that uh, these are all females.
0: Mhm.
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> How about the uh, Christine Cagney? Christine Cagney.
0: Oh, she's um, white.
1: Yes, yeah, so she is. Oh, she is blue. She is strictly blue from the show Cagney yeah. and Lacey. Yep. yep.
0: That's one of the shows I grew up on. That's why I wanted to be a cop. Okay. Oh, really? Lacey, I used to. Yeah, yeah. yeah Between that's... them and Charlie's Angels, I'm like, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, a few more here for you. How about the uh, Nova Bordelion? Nova Bordelion. or Just gotta throw something out there you got a clue <laughs> um i think blue um, I, blue oh that would be incorrect oh, oh man From the show queen sugar you ever watch queen sugar
0: oh, I, no i never watched that
1: yeah yeah that's one of the shows i i haven't watched either but yeah she is <laughs> uh she is not a cop uh, a couple more here for you how about uh, athena grant Athena Grant, current show, currently on TV today.
0: That's Black and Blue.
1: So black and blue. Yes, yes, not one. Yes.
0: Yep. <laughs> I just watched that. yesterday I was like, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> that name sounds familiar.
1: There you go. <laughs> and uh, how about uh, Mary Beth Lacy? Mary Beth Lacy.
0: Oh. That's
1: yeah. blue. Yeah. <laughs> that's the other half of Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. And how about your last one here? That would be Lydia Adams.
0: Yeah. I know that name. Cool. But that's blue. Cool. Almost. I'll give it to you. Blue and black. Black blue and, and black. Yes. Black and
1: black. <laughs> For that yes, show, Southland, Southland, Regina King. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was a great show before that came That's my
0: name sack. My name sack.
1: Yes, Regina, so, Regina Reg- King. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so you did get more right than you got wrong. So we are going to call you win, 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 the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, hands go up. there where's uh there we go all right (laughs) congratulations there (laughs) uh great sport there you You, you knew most of them though a couple of them tripped you up but you knew most of them yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) there are Mm -hmm. things you got to do when you're when when it comes to cops yeah yeah that's 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 funny because that's that's one of the things i probably you know try to avoid unless it's a really really good critically acclaimed show otherwise you know i stay with because you know just like doctors don't watch medicine shows and because we look at all the stuff that well, they do like that doesn't really happen uh, they don't do it like that you know
0: well i watch a bunch of cop shows i like them and my husband i get on his nerve he's like i'm always saying oh they didn't get training they don't do that right They your <laughs> finger off the trigger they're yes. not entering right yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, didn't, right. they didn't get any consultation <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So I'm it, it's
1: them, funny like when you shows. when you watch the uh a lot of the old 80s maybe even the 90s shows you know they they walk around like they this like, no 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 yes.
0: Don't do that. Don't
1: do that. Don't do that. Flagging their partners, you know, putting the Mm -hmm. muzzle and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh how about a few words of wisdom before I let you out of here um, for my guest?
0: Um, I would just say dream big. Um, don't put any limits on yourself. You can do and be whatever you want to be and do.
1: (laughs) Great words to live by. All right, I appreciate you for coming on and uh, giving us a lot of great information. Uh, it, it, I didn't ask you how, how are you enjoying Kansas City.
0: I actually love Kansas. It's a hidden gem. I didn't know Is anything it? about it before coming here, but it's it's a excellent. I mean, the people are super super friendly. I think I don't even think they know how friendly they are. I thought Texas people were friendly, but here it's like you go into a convenience store before you go and leave out, you've made a friend. <laughs> If nice, it's not the nice. only the, the person behind the counter, but it's like super and the cost of living's good. It's, it's not, it's just a great area.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, um, sounds like you're going to ride it out, uh, into the sunset from, from Kansas.
0: Yes. Yes, All I right. will be
1: a couple, couple more years. Is, is that it?
0: Um, actually I'm done at the end of this year.
1: Wow. Congratulations yeah. to you.
0: Thank you what's
1: the what's the plan afterwards
0: i i need to rest for about a month and then decide (laughs) (laughs) rest about a month and then decide yes
1: yes well congratulations i i I, I believe
0: i want to be doing some stuff in the community um but i just don't know what yet i know i don't want a nine to five
1: (laughs) no 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 i'll i'll be right behind you here uh i was trying to stick it out for another couple years but i may just pull the plug Mm -hmm. earlier than that but uh, yeah, yeah, not definitely not a ninety-five. That's for sure. Yes, no. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you for coming on again, Regina, and uh, well, you be safe you so out much, there. Yes, yes, love love the conversation.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: You got it. Okay, now that, ladies and gentlemen, was a great interview. Thank you, Special Agent Patterson King, for giving the Black and Blue Fam some insight into the DEA and what it takes to be a part of that distinguished organization. If y'all enjoyed that conversation just like I did Click that like button on my YouTube channel Or rate it five stars wherever you listen to me on right now I'll be back before you know it With another great conversation With another minority in U.S. law enforcement But till then Y'all know the phrase that pays Stay black And blue I'll holler at you Deuces
0: This has been a maitre d' entertainment presentation.